To find the one missing feels like that was written with me on the mind. And the prodigal son who ran, leaving his home behind. The part where the father came running to me, could you say that with me? King of the world would give one single thought about my broken heart. Who am I that the God of all grace wipes the tears from my face and says, Come as you are? You paid the price, and you took the cross, and you gave your life, and you did it all with me on your mind. sacrifice for our sins. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the opportunity to be here today. We thank you for our fathers. God, I pray for Brother Darrell as he delivers your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
take a little break from the book of Matthew this morning being Father's Day and on the screens a title page a good shepherd it'll come out of John chapter 10 we won't turn to the or the screen won't turn to the scriptures just for a second I want to talk about the, the that screen for a minute but it'll be John chapter 10 1 through 5 and then 10 through 15 a good shepherd John 10 is Jesus talking about he, he being the Good, good shepherd. I'm, this morning, I'm being Father's Day, I'm going to mention dads, but I always try to include everyone, on, even on special days. So a shepherd, that's going to be the thought. And Jesus is our good shepherd, but we are shepherds too. It's pretty easy to see and tie the shepherd in with being dad, okay? Your shepherd taking care of someone. Uh, doesn't have to be a group. It can just be one, one sheep. Uh, but taking care of someone, looking out for someone, caring for someone. So it can be dads, of course it's moms, grandmas and grandmas and grandpas, uh, teachers, pastors, um, em employers, managers, foremen, on and on and on. If I didn't mention, you know, the, the truth is, probably not everyone in the room falls into that, but a lot of us do. A husband caring for his wife, a wife caring for her husband. So it doesn't always have to be just dads. So it's, it's a lot of us in the room, a shepherd, uh, caring for people, being that person who cares for them, okay? A good shepherd, that's what we're going to talk about. And so, if you want to turn in your Bible, your electronic device, or just watch the screen, John chapter 10, famous verse, scriptures that Jesus talks about being the good shepherd. and uses it as an analogy. What I want to do, usually I read all the texts and then come back. What I want to do is split this into two. So we'll read 1 through 5, say a few words about that, then, then 10 through 15. So read with me 1 through 5. John 10, most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens. 
and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now give me just a second right here. This will not be on the screen. This has nothing to do with the message today, but as I was working on the, working on the message, uh, Jesus takes a break right here between 1 through 5, and then we'll read 10 through 15. But he takes a break, and read with me, for instance, just verses 6 and 7, for the, possibly for the weeks to come. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Okay, so he's going he's to shift gears because they didn't understand what he said. Verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I'm the door of the sheep. Okay, we'll, we'll stop there. We'll go on, to, go on to verse 10. But I want you to just look at verse, verses 6 and 7, and it really spoke to me, opened my eyes, Aaron's going to preach next week, and then could be the week after that, we'll come back and look at, look at those scriptures right there. There's a message right there, but not today, okay? So we'll move on to uh, verse 10, just a minute. One through five, Jesus says, I'm the shepherd, I'm the good shepherd, the sheep hear my voice. The next screen is the sheep know the shepherd's voice because they know him. There's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements also, if you'd like to use that. One through five, Jesus emphasized the voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice because they know him. Day after day after day, faithfully, regularly, the shepherd comes to the fold of the sheep. The shepherd leads the sheep out. He talks to them. Every day. He's with them every day. He's with them consistently. And day after day and time after time, he leads them out, he feeds them, he takes care of them. And, he, and, and as he talks to them, to the sheep, the shepherd to the sheep, they hear his voice and they know him. And just that's not a complicated thought at all. As we shepherd people, because the, the, the analogy, of course, is not really about sheep. It's about people. It's that consistency of those who we care for. Day after day after day, faithfully and consistently. M my grandfather uh, taught me a lot about raising, raising livestock, and I promise you I'm not going to go into that because most, most of you don't, and I'll, bore, and I'll bore you to death with it. But he, he plowed into my head to raise livestock, to raise them successfully, is first of all, they got to know that you care for them. Check every animal every day. Check every animal every day. Feed them. He plowed into my head. Feed them at the same time every day if you can. What happens if you check them every day, feed them every day at the same time, they're waiting at the gate for you, okay? 
They're waiting to see you. They're anxious to see you. But if you're haphazard with it and check on them every once in a while and feed them haphazardly, then they don't care so much. But they're anxious to see the shepherd who, who loves them but is consistent. So that's how we do it as we shepherd people. We don't skip, okay? We don't skip days. And we, and we feed them. We feed them. They, they learn our voice. They learn us. Oh, it's, it's him or it's, or it's her, okay? It's that consistency in caring. They know you care. Let me, let me tell you this. If you're in charge of people in any way, if you're not consistent, they're not sure that you care, okay? If you're not consistent, they're not sure that you care. And there's a safety, especially, especially, with, especially with children. Not everybody we're going to be in charge of are children, but especially with children, they, they feel that safety by the consistency, okay? But if you're not checking on them, if you're not feeding them, so to speak, then they're not sure of your care, okay? Okay, that's not too hard to get. Let's move on to uh, verse 10. In 6 and 7, 8 and 9, that we're not going to read, Jesus changes the analogy because they didn't understand the sheep. He's going to come back to it in verse 10 through 15. But in, uh, what would it be, 6 through 9, he changes to, I'm the shepherd, to I'm the door. Okay? In verse 10 that we're going to read now, he goes back to the shepherd. So we're going to stay with that. We're not going to go. So he tries the door. He tries the shepherd. He tries the door. Now he comes back to the sheep, all in order to explain this to them. Because he really wants them to get this. So verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what Satan's come for. But I, Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now here he's changing gears. He's, he's going to add something here. This is different than the consistency. This is different than they know my voice. I'm a good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, a hireling. Somebody's hired. Okay, somebody that the shepherd pays to help care for the sheep. But he's a hireling. He's not the shepherd. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, and I underline this in my, in my Bible, one who does not own the sheep. We'll come back to that. One who does not own the sheep. There's the difference. He sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and, and, and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Okay? 
Now, this is different than the sheep know my voice. The next screen says, the sheep know the shepherd loves them enough to die for them. The sheep know that the shepherd loves them enough to die for them. And I'm not sure, I, I, I'm not sure how all that works out in every case, in, in every s scenario that we talked about. Um, let me give you an example, though. Uh, Paul writes about this in, in Ephesians 5. The sheep, with that same thought in mind, the sheep know the shepherd loves them enough to die for them. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul writes, Husbands, a lot of you have heard, heard me do this, but this, there's a lot of instruction here. Husbands, what, what's he saying? Husbands, what? Your wives. Love. Husbands, love your wives. Now, the men of the room are going to love this one. Wives, what? Submit, res re respect. They love the submit part, okay? My wife said submit. Okay, they, they, all the men love the, love the submit part. Wives, respect your husbands. It's not the same thing, is it? Not exactly. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Why does Paul instruct the husband to love his wife? Because that's what she needs. Why does Paul instruct the wife to respect the husband? Because that's what he needs. But he goes on and he says it more deeply. Husbands, love your wives like you love yourself. Husbands, love your wives like you love yourself as much as you love yourself. Let her know that you love her more than you. Let her know that you would die for her. Now, I'm not sure, men, husbands, how you're going to do that. I know how I've tried to do that. I'm not sure how you're going to work that out because every home is different. Every scenario is different. Personalities are different. But there's the key to it. As you shepherd her, and as she, as she, as she shepherds you, that's, that's, a hard, that's hard to say, as she shepherds you, as you care for her, as she cares for you, husbands love your wives, wives respect your husbands. But it's loving her in such a way that she knows that you would give your life for her. And I found out through the years working with people, when you find a husband who loves his wife so much, that he puts her ahead of him. She is more important than he is. She will respect him. Okay? And she's, she's waiting for that. Now, I'm not sure how you're going to have to show her that. But somehow through life and through your, your relationship with her men, it's that key, the discipline of letting her know, I love you that much that I would die for you. Saying it's okay, I think maybe she needs to hear that sometimes, but living it is more important than that. And living in such a way that you're always putting her first and yourself last. Husbands, love your wives 
like you love yourself and like Jesus loved the church. Now we're adding another layer, right? Love your wives as Jesus loved the church and gave himself for her, us. As Jesus gave himself for us, as Jesus died on a cross, as Jesus gave himself, as he died for us, that's how much the good shepherd loves us. I'm going to come back to that. But somehow letting her know, now take that on out. Whatever shepherd role you've got, it's somehow, whatever scenario you're working with, whatever place it is, whatever people they are, it's somehow letting them know that you are more important than I am. And that I put you first. And, and people just have a way to know that's true. He, she, loves me more than themselves. He, she, is always putting me first. He, she, is always putting themselves last. That person, that shepherd, really loves me. Because the shepherd, it's all about the sheep. Not the hireling. The hireling runs away. The hireling doesn't, have, doesn't care about the sheep. The hireling cares about the hireling. The, the, the hireling's all about saving his own skin, his own neck, okay? Um, next screen. Why does the shepherd love the sheep so much? And remember in verse 12, uh, the hireling runs away in verse 12 because he does not own the sheep. The shepherd does. Why does the shepherd love the sheep so much? Because they're his. Because they're his. I've done this before. I'm not going not to put anybody on the spot, but in a small group, sometimes I'll pick out a man, a husband who's easy to pick on, and I'll pick out a, his wife who's easy to pick on. I could name names right there. It'd be, be easy to do. And most of you actually know some, some of the names. But I'll pick a husband in the room. And I'll, I'll say, I want you to name the top three things about your wife that you appreciate the most. I want you to name, or let's do this. I want you to name the top three things about your children that you appreciate the most. Or I want to name the top three things about your employees that you appreciate the most. And if I know everybody involved, I almost agree every time. Well, my wife does this, does that, does this. I really appreciate that. And I, if I know the wife, I say, yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Or my children do this, do that, do this. And if I know the children, I say, yeah, I, I would agree with that. But why don't I love every, every husband in the house? Listen, why don't I love your wife as much as you do? I agree with all the good things you say about her. Why don't I love your children as much as you do? Because they're yours. There's something about that that no one else can take because they're yours. Why can't you give up on them? Why don't you give up on them? Why don't you just, I mean, they've made so many mistakes. 
There's so much failure. In fact, there's so much sin in the room, in your household, at your job place, at your school. Hey, why don't you just, why don't you just change schools? All right? I don't mean to harp on that, but why don't you just change school? Why don't you just change jobs? Why don't I just pastor somewhere else? You know? I mean, wouldn't it be... I mean, I mean, isn't every other church easier than this one? Why not just pastor somewhere else? Why not just change schools? Why not just get rid of him? Why not just get rid of her? Because they're yours. I can't leave you because you're mine. Okay? I can't leave you because you're mine. I don't like it. I don't like to say it this way. It's my church. You know, you know what I mean when I say that? And I don't like people say, well, he owns a church. I don't, that's not what I mean. It's my church. Nothing about owning. And I want you to say the same thing. It's my church. That's why I can't just give up. You know, why I can't just listen closely. I don't mean to harp on this one. But listen closely when people talk about their church. I listen very closely. Very close. In fact, it happened a few times last week talking to somebody else who attends another church. When they're talking about their church, they say they did that. They voted to do that. They're going to, instead of what? We did that. We voted to. We. See, when you start talking about the church as they, you're not really there. When you start talking about we, I guarantee you, when I talk about First General Baptist Church with me, it's we. It's we. I'm sorry, you're mine. Okay? You're mine. It's my children. It's my wife. It's my church. It's my school. It's my friend. And that's why I can't just quit. Okay? In the Bible, the Bible says that God is jealous not of Israel, for them. Israel is his. He's not jealous of you. He's jealous for you. And that's why he fights for you. That's why he died for you. Because you're his. And a shepherd sees the sheep that way. Those are my children. Those are my grandkids. Those are my great-grandkids. This is mine. That's why I can't just leave them. That's why I don't run away when problems come. Why does the shepherd love the sheep so much? Because they're his sheep. The hireling runs away. The shepherd won't. Amos chapter 3, verse 12. An unusual story. But Amos, or the Lord talking through Amos says, Thus says the Lord, as a shepherd takes from the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out who dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and on the edge of a couch. 
Look at the part where he says, as a shepherd takes from the mouth of a lion two legs or a piece of an ear. What on earth? As a lion comes to get the sheep, he grabs the sheep by the ear. The shepherd sees it. He goes up to the lion, grabs hold of the sheep, and the tug of war starts. And the ear is in the lion's mouth. The problem with that is the lion can let go of the ear and jump on the shepherd. But the shepherd doesn't care. So he grabs the sheep and starts tugging, trying to get that sheep back. Now, a hireling won't do that. They just, they just give up. You can, you can have the sheep, but the shepherd won't. Or the lion grabs the sheep by two legs. The principle is the same. The shepherd grows up and grabs that sheep and starts pulling back. Again, the lion could turn loose of the two legs and grab the shepherd. The shepherd doesn't care, though. David said there was a bear came and attacked my sheep one time, and I killed the bear. There was a lion came and attacked my sheep one time, and I killed the lion. There was a giant named Goliath, and he was attacking my sheep, and I just killed him. He just doesn't give up. Right? Right. We just don't quit. We'll grab the lion, we'll grab the bear, we'll grab whatever we got to grab. You're just not going to get my sheep. You're just not going to get my sheep. Okay? Now, on your outline, on your hard copy, there's a verse, and we're not going to put this on the screen, and I want you to... Finish the verse for me. It's Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. David didn't say. Now David's the one who killed the bear and the lion, saving sheep. And David said the Lord is my shepherd. When you read Psalm 23, read it like that. The Lord's not a shepherd. He's mine. Okay, I've been kind of tough on the shepherds in the room. Dads, moms, employers, whatever. I've been kind of tough on the shepherds in the room. I want you to turn it around now. Because I'm, I'm a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He shepherds me. I'm trying my best to shepherd you. Don't do a great job of it. But the Lord is my shepherd. He takes care of me. However much I love my wife, he loves me more. However much I love my children, my grandchildren, he loves me more. However much I love my church, he loves me more. It's the same is true with you. The Lord is my shepherd. So every shepherd in the room, I want you to shift gears in your head and, and think of it in, in that way. I, I know I've got responsibility, and I know I've got, you know, I, I, I want to love my sheep, but I know that I've got a shepherd who loves me, and he cares for me, and he fights for me. And whatever and whoever my sheep are, he loves me more than that. 
And I, I don't only want to remember that, I need to remember that. Lord, you've got me. You've got me. And you're going to take care of me. And it's going to be okay with me. And I'm not worried about me. Because Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. He's going to take care of me. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. We're going to pray now. I'm going to ask a congregation to stand, please. I'm going to take this prayer time two different ways. First one is probably an obvious one, where those of us in the room who are caring for someone else, this feels a burden for them, and we need to come and pray for them. We're caring for someone else. We do care for someone else, and we're burdened right now for, for them. And I just I want to come to an altar and pray for them. Then the other one is what we talked about towards the end. Lord, I am a shepherd, but sometimes I need to be shepherded. I don't even know what I'm saying that right. I need a shepherd for me. I care about others. I love them. I'm trying my best. I'm doing my best, but I need somebody to shepherd me. I need somebody to care for me. And so this morning you may need to come and pray about that. Lord, I just need to feel the arms of the shepherd for me. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I feel like quitting as a shepherd. I need somebody to shepherd me. I need that. You may need to come and pray for somebody else. You may need to come and pray for yourself. You may need to come and pray for both. I've been in both of those spots very often. Maybe you need to come and pray for somebody else. You may need to come and pray for yourself. If you'd like to come to an altar this morning, spend some time alone with your shepherd while they play and sing, we invite you to come and pray. Mind if I tell you a secret A few simple truths about me Might be hard to believe Guess I'm trying to come clean Sometimes I don't know where I'm going It's hard to admit where I've been When I come to the this is where I begin again. I am here. I am love. God is good. And that's enough. I don't know your situation. What kind of story you're in 
If you're high on that mountain, but down in the valley again, you might be holding your baby, you might be holding a drink, you might be holding a secret, it's getting harder to keep. You are here, and you are love, God is good, and that's enough, I am here, I am love, God is Bye. 